0: Welcome to this series of readings to celebrate Epiphany. Uh, Epiphany, a time when Christ is represented to the Gentiles in the shape of the Magi. And uh, this reference we can find in Matthew. So we begin with T.S. Eliot's The Journey of the Magi. A cold coming we had of it, just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey, the ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter, and the camels galled, sore-footed, refractory, lying down in the melting snow. Oh, there were times we regretted the summer palaces on slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Then the camel-men cursing and grumbling and running away, and wanting their liquor and women, and the night fires going out, and the lack of shelters, and the cities hostile. And the towns unfriendly and the villages dirty and charging high prices a hard time we had of it at the end we preferred to travel all night sleeping in snatches with the voices singing in our ears saying that this was all folly then at dawn we came down to a temperate valley, wet below the snow line, smelling of vegetation, with a running stream and a watermill beating the darkness, and three trees on the low sky, and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow. Then we came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel, six hands at an open door, dicing for pieces of silver, and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information, and so we continued, and arriving at evening, not a moment too soon finding the place, it was you may say, satisfactory. All this was a long time ago, I remember, and I would do it again, but set down this, set down this. Were we led all that way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly, We had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our palaces, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation, with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. The Roman poet Lucretius Titus Carus wrote about the divinity of nature herself and he wants us to wake up and open our eyes this is a snippet of what he wrote and there is nothing that exists so great or marvelous that over time mankind does not admire it less and less behold the pure blue of the heavens and all that they possess, the roving stars, the moon, the sun's light, brilliant and sublime. Imagine if these were shown to men now, for the first time, suddenly and with no warning. What could be declared more wondrous than these miracles no one before had dared believe could even exist. Nothing, nothing could be quite as remarkable as this. So wonderful would be the sight. Now, however, people hardly bother to lift their eyes to the glittering heavens. They are so accustomed to the skies. George Mackay Brown was a 20th century Scottish poet and he lived most of his life in Stromness in the Orkney Islands. And here is his epiphany poem. The Red King came to a great water. He said, here the journey ends, no keel or skipper on this shore. The Yellow King halted under a hill. He said, turn the camels round, beyond ice summits only. The black king knocked on a city gate. He said, All roads stop here. These are gravestones, no inn. The three kings met under a dry star. There, at midnight, the star began its singing. The three kings suffered salt. Snow, skulls, they suffered the silence before the first word. MacNeice was an Irish poet and a member of the Auden Group in the 1930s and I'd like to read for you his poem Twelfth Night. Snow happy hicks of a boy's world, O crunch of bull's eyes in the mouth, O crunch of frost beneath the foot, if time would only remain furled in white And thaw were not for certain And snow would but stay put, stay put When the pillar-box wore a white bonnet oh harmony of roof and hedge O oh, parity of sight and thought And each flake had your number on it and lives were round for not a number but equal naught, but equalled naught, but now the sphinx must change her shape, o oh, track that reappears through slush, o oh, broken riddle, burst grenade, and lives must be pulled out like tape. To measure something not themselves. Things not given, but made. But made. For now the time of gifts is gone. O boys that grow, O snows that melt. O bathos that the years must fill. Here is dull earth. To build upon undecorated. We have reached twelfth night, or what you will. You will. G.K. Chesterton was a writer, philosopher, literary and art critic, and a lay theologian. Perhaps more widely known to the general public nowadays for his Father Brown novels, as seen on television. But he gives us his poem, The Wise Men. Step softly under snow or rain To find the place where men can pray The way is also very plain That we may lose the way Oh! We have learnt to peer and paw on tortured puzzles from our youth. We know all labyrinthine lore, We are the three wise men of yore, and we know all things but the truth. We have gone round and round the hill, and lost the wood among the trees, and learnt long names for every ill, and serve the mad gods, naming still the Furies, the Eumenides. The gods of violence took the veil of vision and philosophy. The serpent that brought all men bale he bites his own accursed tail, and calls himself Eternity. Go humbly, it has hailed and snowed, With voices low and lanterns lit, So very simple is the road That we may stray from it. The world grows terrible and white, And blinding white the breaking day, We walk bewildered in the light, For something is too large for sight, And something much too plain to say. The child that was, a world's begun. Oh, we need but walk a little way, we need but see a latch undone. The child that played with moon and sun is playing with a little hay. The house from which the heavens are fed, the old strange house that is our own, where trick of words are never said. And mercy is as plain as bread. And honour is as hard as stone. Go humbly. Humble are the skies. And low and large and fierce the star. So very near the manger lies. That we may travel far. Hark! Laughter like a lion wakes to roar to the resounding plain and the whole heaven shouts and shakes for God himself is born again and we are little children walking through the snow and rain. A fuller biography of the poet John Derrick Hamilton eludes me. All I can find about him is that he's a living and working international poet. He writes, I don't understand you. So, that means you don't exist. You create spectacular works of art impossible to resist. Your thoughts and actions are written down in indelible ink. Ignorance and ingratitude doesn't move me to ponder, to think. It's much harder to say, I'm confused by you. I just don't understand. What is the purpose for my existence? Where do I fit into your plan? A humble person will admit they need help, that they might be wrong, misguided or misled. They still feel the need to be loved and to belong. When one doesn't understand abstract art because there's no nature seen. Rejecting Twelfth Night because they don't know what Shakespeare means. Saying Picasso doesn't exist because one doesn't know his brilliant mind. Isn't saying there's no creator the same presumptuous the pinnacle of pride? share with you Twelfth Night by the author of Cider with Rosie, Laurie Lee. No night could be darker than this night, no cold so cold as the blood snaps like a wire and the heart's sap stills and the year seems defeated Oh, never again, it seems, can green things run, or sky birds fly, or the grass exhale its humming breath, powdered with pimpernels, from this dark lung of winter. Yet here are lessons for the final mile of Pilgrim Kings. The mile still left, when all have reached. Their tether's end. That mile where the child lies hid. For see, beneath the hand, The earth already warms and glows. For men with shepherds' eyes, There are signs in the dark, The turning stars, The lamb's returning time. Out of this utter death, he's born again, his birth, our Saviour. From terror's Equinox he climbs and grows, drawing his fingers light across our blood, the Son of Heaven and the Son of God. Malcolm Gate, poet, singer-songwriter, academic and Anglican priest. Beginning here, we glimpse the three-in-one. The river runs, the clouds are torn apart, the Father speaks. The Spirit and the Son reveal to us the single loving heart that beats behind the being of all things, and calls and keeps and kindles us to light. The dove descends, the spirit soars and sings, you are beloved, you are my delight. In that quick light and life, as water spills and streams around the man like quickening rain. The voice that made the universe reveals the God in man who makes it new again. He calls us too, to step into that river, to die and rise and live and love forever. Our final poem is written by a man well-known in Christian circles, uh, certainly well-known to clergy. His name is Walter Brueggemann, and this is his poem, Epiphany. On Epiphany Day, we are still the people walking. We are still people in the dark, and the darkness Looms large around us, beset as we are by fear, anxiety, brutality, violence, loss, a dozen alienations that we cannot manage. We are, we could be, people of your light. So we pray for the light of your glorious presence as we wait for your appearing. We pray for the light of your wondrous grace as we exhaust our coping capacity. We pray for your gift of newness that will override our weariness. We pray that we may see And know and hear and trust in your good rule. That we may have energy, courage and freedom to enact your rule through the demands of this day. We submit our day to you and to your rule with deep joy and high hope.